everyone. Two quick things before we get into today's episode. Firstly, the episode is going to touch on topics such as death and suicide, so just a warning before tuning in. And then, as always, I just want to remind you that if you aren't already, you should definitely be following us on our social media feeds at The 55 Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We have some fun things coming up in the next few months that you're definitely going to want to be tuned in there for. And as always, please check out the website at the55.ca where you can not only check out the blog, but you can also go to the store and buy merch such as our dry fit t-shirts, our hats, and our masks. And of course, proceeds are going towards Stella's place. All right. Enjoy the episode. Hi, this is Dakota, ex-co-host of At The 55 and new running backs coach for York University. And you're listening to At The 55. Hello and welcome to At The 55, your home for OUA football. We are back on the podcasting airwaves after a bit of a hiatus from the end of the season, you know, had the team regroup a little bit, put our feet up, relax, but we are back with a full slate of content coming your way for the next little while. And today is our kickoff episode, as you probably figured out from the title of the podcast episode, where we are launching into season two of The Talk. If you recall from last year, if you were faithfully tuned in with us during uh, the offseason, well, I guess it was all offseason last year, The Talk was uh, an interview show where we had guests in the football community come on and discuss mental health um, and its connection with the sport of football, sports in general, being a student athlete, all things sort of revolving around the content that we talk about on our show. We are coming back with season two, and to help me set up the uh, beautiful slate of interviews we have coming your way in the next few weeks. We have a blast from the past. He is the run game, running backs coach, I should say, for the York Lions and the pass game coordinator, I believe, for the Etobicoke Eagles for the upcoming summer ball season. A man who needs no introduction, Dakota Vine. Dakota, great to talk to you on a podcast again. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me on, Zach. Uh, long time <laughs> listener, first time caller, I guess. Uh, big fan of what you do on this on this program and just excited to be here. Well, you know, it's an honor. It's a um, of course, everyone knows Dakota. Welcome back onto the show, Dakota. Um so going back to last year, Dakota, we did a similar episode where we kind of wanted to introduce what this whole theme was going to be about and that we had all these guests and kind of give our two cents or maybe a bit more on just the state of mental health in sort of our culture generally and a bit around sports. And while we'll get into talking about some of the interviews we have coming up and a bit of other pieces that we've done to make this year different from last year. You're in a much different position than you were when we talked last year in that you spent this whole year now with the York Lions in a coaching standpoint. So if we can just kind of start getting a little bit of, you know, your perspective from the coaching angle on you know, when we talk about mental health in and around the game of football, a lot of time we talk about the resources available. So whether it's about that or just anything you might have picked up from this new perspective this year, what thoughts have you had that may have been different from when folks listen to us talk about this topic last year um i'm not sure if my thoughts are necessarily different um obviously you know it was kind of a put your money where your mouth is type deal in the sense where i was i was gonna say i was on the sidelines looking in but coaching you're still on the sidelines um 
And, and as, as little as I want to really focus on, on COVID throughout this series, um, it's just, it's, it's, it's hard to avoid. Obviously, you know, you have a lot of kids um, coming off of, or as every kid coming off of um, no season. And then, and I mean, as, as a whole, I think we were, everyone was just happy to be back and doing something football wise. Um, but I think it was just, it was, it was really, really tough um, for coaches and admin and, and players with the unpredictability of everything. Right. You know, it <laughs> just, just from a game planning standpoint, I mean, we were, we were lucky to not have any cases, but I mean, you know, you could have people, get sick and get half your team sick and not know, you know, who's going to be available. And I think it's, it's tough for kids, especially when we were coming into, into, into summer camp and not really knowing, I mean, we, everyone had feelings about, you know, vaccine mandates and, and what was going to need to be done to, to be able to play and to be able to be on campus. But without any official word, we were, everyone was just kind of, sitting there being like, I don't know what's, what's going on. And then, you know, having players make personal decisions, whether that's on our team or on other teams on if they wanted to play, but get a vaccine, they didn't necessarily want to get at the time where it wasn't, you know, like the CFL where players didn't have to get the vaccine. Um, They still don't, I believe they do for domestic travel. So I think if players in BC don't want to get the vaccine, but they play Toronto, it's a long bus ride to go to that game. But um, yeah, no, I think it's, it's tough to say what my perspective is now, because I think that this season, hopefully there'll be no season like it, um, but it's just such a, a unique situation and, and having to, you know, traverse those obstacles for, for players and coaches. So, I mean, yeah, my perspective on, you know, the importance of mental health in, in the game hasn't changed. Um, I think when it comes to players' struggles, it's not necessarily going to – the details will change maybe when it comes to, you know, university athletes compared to pro athletes compared to high school athletes. But the importance of it and, and seeing what people go through doesn't really change, I guess, when it comes to age 15 to, to 25. It's just slightly different obstacles. And you mentioned in there talking about putting your money where your mouth is or just that idea of one doing so. And that kind of will lead us towards a bit of what makes this year different for us as far as uh, what we're doing with the talk. And you're obviously no stranger to the coaching realm, as you sort of mentioned, doing a lot of work with the high school and sort of uh, well, the high school age uh, range, mostly with coaching high school and summer ball. Uh, and so, as you said, no stranger to sort of what kids at that age go through. I'm curious, though, whether the way kids deal with it is differently uh whether it's players that you had that you knew that were on the york team and sort of them dealing with it maybe they're living alone for the first time or being in school handling that versus uh, a kid who's playing summer ball maybe they're working a job living at home whatever just that do you, do you find that the way students or the football players go about it differently whether they're in school or not or whether they're still in high school i mean I don't know if it's an age thing. I think everyone kind of goes about things differently, right? I think everyone's at a different point. Um, in it just sounds like such a cliche in their mental health journey. Um, you know, I I don't really want to go into to detail on players, but you know, there's I from from every team that I've coached, I've had players that have had you know issues with their mental health and and things like that. 
um, from like uh, specifically change from high school to university, like being away from home, you know, I didn't see too much of the like stressors of being away from home. Obviously there were some things around like Thanksgiving um, where, you know, kids couldn't really go home, whether that's because of, I, I honestly can't remember what COVID was like back in October. <laughs> I mean, we've been through 17 different lockdowns and 27 different phases, but um, from that perspective, I mean, which something I thought was very nice at York and, and hopefully um, I can do something next year um, with my girlfriend and I doing something um, where kids that couldn't go home out of province kids or kids that live in the States or anything like that for Thanksgiving, you know, other players will have them over, other coaches will have them over. Um, so it's kind of like a home away from home. Um, but yeah, I know it's, it's just tough when it comes to to mental health to, to say if there's really that much of a difference. Obviously there's different challenges of being a, a university student and there's different stressors. Um, but I mean, I think again, the cliche, everyone's at a different point, right? You know, last thing I'll, I'll kind of touch on before we maybe move into a bit of talking about some of these interviews coming up, a, a word I came across uh, in in last year that uh, really seems to encapsulate a lot of I think the particular feelings and and effects of mental health pertaining to the pandemic, and as you said, don't really want to make this all about it, but is this idea of languishing, which is kind of like a spot between how do they talk about it? it's not not quite feeling of depression it's not quite hopelessness but it's just kind of a aimless feeling of not having the motivation to want to work or you know just feeling like what's the point of you know you're not, not angry you're not sad you're just kind of in this sort of stasis of of not really wanting to not really knowing what to do and I think you know once again not trying to make it all about the pandemic but with changing regulations and things like that it makes it really tough to be able to say when we act you know so literally live in an environment where it's been like the, the the mode in which we can operate in society changes fairly regularly as what we can access and what we can't. And I think that creates this feeling of, well, shoot, like if all of a sudden school's going to close down, why should I care about this? Or if I can't go to the gym, how can I do all? So just kind of wondering. So the last thing talking about what you saw with the students, did you find and going back to maybe in that time before in the summer workouts, even more so. What were things like player motivations like tough? Did you find that feeling of just like, like for all we know, things are just going to get shut down. We lost our season last year or well, gyms are closed anyways. So or, the, you know, they close the gyms. Are, that kind of middle ground of just feeling like what's the point when like everything's been closed and then open and then closed again. And just that feeling of being kind of lost. Did you does that resonate with anything that you saw during your time at York or during the summer? I mean, if anything, I would say that's right now. Um, I mean, for me, that's been the last two and a half years, but for anything, I would say that's right now, uh, yeah. I would say kind of the opposite when it came to, to summer and season, because it was finally, we have something to work towards, right? Finally, we have like on the calendar was that we get to play football at this date. Like it's, and I think that's such a good thing with football. And also, again, when we talk about, you know, life after football, such a struggle is like having things to work towards, but like we finally had here's our here is practice here here's games here like this is what we're working towards so um i didn't necessarily see it there um i know that you and nate had talked about kind of the struggles in our week one uh missing some of our players and i think that was a big 
I don't want to say hurdle. That was a big, like two steps forward, one step back type of deal um, for some of these players. Cause they were like, I, I've done everything I'm supposed to do. And I, I think that's kind of where players are at right now. Right. It's like, I've done everything I'm supposed to do things. I didn't necessarily want to do just because I wanted to get to this point. And now you're saying something that's not in my control is stopping me from doing that. So obviously that was a big hit. Um, and I mean, yeah, it was, it was, it was tough for the kids. Then it was, and it was also tough for, for the kids that were even able to play because they were seeing their teammates not be able to, to be put in situations to succeed because of things outside of all of their control. Right. And you kind of mentioned not talking about, you know, whether it's the sort of identity of that comes with playing football, where, you incentivize a lot of things you do based on like the game and everything revolves around that and like everything works towards that. And I think we talked a lot last year, not just in the talk, but with the, some of the interviews we ran before that with Life After, as you mentioned, that big piece on identity. And I think that was a big theme for things we talked about last year. And so perhaps now using that transitioning into a bit of so the some of the interviews we're going to have coming up. And I was trying to think about this and, you know, because you know a lot of the interviews we have coming up and, and sort of what people have talked about. I was trying to think about this. And so not to put you on the spot, but so far, I, I don't know if there's really a unifying theme per se with the stories we've 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 been uh, getting from some of the guests, uh, we've tried to keep it, uh, you know, not just asking everyone. So what's it been like during COVID? Cause I mean, it's obviously a lot of the same stories and for y- you all listening, uh, tuning in, I'm sure you're tired. We all, of we all know what it's like during COVID. We, yeah. We're all just <laughs> unless, you're, unless you're in the States and able to do things. We all know what it's like during COVID. Exactly. So aside from that, commonality and that for the most part we avoid it is there a certain theme you've picked up maybe that that some of our i'm just trying to because we don't want to we don't want to give away too much of what we're coming up i'm trying to think of some of the themes that might be coming up in some of these episodes um well and, and nothing against the way that things were done last year when we did the talk um i i it's tough because yeah we're not we're not the the conversations aren't so hey what's up with your mental health um but in the reality, that's not how these conversations happen, right? I mean, if if we were sitting down with friends, it's very rare that someone's going to say, hey, what's up with your mental health? Um, and, you know, obviously it's important to, to check in on people. But, it, I mean, it is what the title is, right? It's the talk. And we're having conversations with people and they're telling us either their life stories or things that happened throughout their life and you know, good, bad, the ugly, the in-between and, and how they kind of dealt with those. Right. And, and everyone, and the thing is without having, you know, walking into these conversations with, you know, we're not, we're not walking in leading things to look for an answer that we already have written on paper. Right. Because again, the cliche, like everyone's different, everyone deals with things differently. Right. You know, you and I could face the same adversity and have to deal with it completely different ways. So we're just getting different perspectives on different things in life and some are pretty heavy. Some are not. Um, I mean, I'm sure you'll say this, but we're going to put, you know, warnings on episodes that are, are going to be, I mean, you'll put, I'm not, I'm not part of it. <laughs> no, uh, we're going to put warnings on episodes that may be a little, a little heavier um, because that's also something that I've experienced over the last year is I used to not necessarily roll my eyes at trigger warnings, but say, come on now, but it's, it is a nice thing to have, 
you know, Netflix has started doing it on episodes that involve, you know, suicide or other things that I don't want to use words for. And it's, it is kind of be like, okay, let me get my head set. And if I'm not in the right spot for, to deal with this right now, that's fine. I'll come back to it if I want to. Real quick on the, and absolutely, I, I see the validity of it. There are some still circumstances that make me roll my eyes a little bit, in particular watching the Beatles Get Back documentary where in their opening little thing, it says like, contains scenes of smoking, um, which I was like, you know what, maybe that's a bridge too far. To was, be like, was, that, was that a trigger warning or just like a maturity rating warning? It was in the, it was in, in line with like, you know, and I guess maybe you're right, perhaps not as explicitly a trigger, more of just like, yeah, vulgarity and things like that in it. But so you're right. There is a difference in there. I just, but I, like, I, I also think like I've stopped. I don't want to say I've stopped caring because that sounds very heartless, but I'm very much like if something bothers somebody else, that okay yeah like like if like i like if i'm watching a show and it says like trigger warning smoking and, and not to like devalue your point or anything but like I, for me i'm like okay i don't care yeah. but, but, maybe, but, but maybe there's someone and You're like told- it, it doesn't it doesn't take away at all from the show of anyone else watching you no, you you are a hundred percent right. You like, are so, no, like yeah. no, you're absolutely. Right. I I, no, I get I get I get I do get your point, and <laughs> not to go off topic and now talk about warnings and and, <laughs> and stuff like that. But like I get your point where like for someone who's looking at it, it's just like, well, why, why the heck do we need it? And yeah. but there's you know there are people that there are people that maybe need it, and no, 100%. it takes takes two seconds out of your day. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'd I'd rather that than watch a three second ad on YouTube. So. <laughs> no you're you're totally right and, and and it definitely is valid just kind of having a little joke on it there but and and i think part of what spurred this on and you know i think everyone who tries to have an impact in this in this field of being able to have these conversations being able to be an ally especially in today's days social media comes into comes into effect the idea of performative allyship and i think that was a big thing we were trying to avoid which was we want to be able to you know, not to sound grandiose, but make some kind of a difference, not just kind of pass the buck along of like, oh, it is mental health season where we will, you know, put up our um, our, our like or our share of the thing. And then in a week, in a month, in a whatever, we're on to the next thing and try to have try to give this a little a little more legs than just a, a sort of singular uh, event or something that would just kind of be a way of us. Like I said, being more performative of like we are part of the movement that wants to make a, a uh, make a change, but we're not really going to make a change. So why don't I hand the floor a bit to you? Because, you know, a lot of people know that we've worked with Stella's Place uh, in the past trying to partner with them, raise funds and all the things they do. And um, I know you're a little more familiar with some of the people involved in some of the practices. Do you want to sort of talk about what we're kind of doing this this year to make it a little more difference, try and have a bit more of that actual effect, so to speak? Yeah, of course. I would like to talk before that about the whole social media performative stuff. Oh, yeah, please. Um, because this wouldn't be a, a talk episode with me on it without me um, being a little critical, we'll call it. Um, this wouldn't be a, at the 55 episode featuring Dakota Vine without you being critical of something. No, I, I am shaking the rust off and I won't be coming in with any hot takes. Um, I do, you know, enjoy working in the OUA. Uh 
at, at a capacity. Um, and just you and me, I, Dakota. No one's listening. Just you and me. <laughs> I mean, I hope some people are listening, but me too. I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this much. I won't dive into it because I said enough last season. I definitely won't be wearing a blue hat on uh, January twenty seventh. Um, that's as far as the labels on those things that I'll go. But when it comes to performative things, what I realized, I mean. I mean, I'm hitting everyone with the cliches is that nobody's perfect. Um, and, and this isn't necessarily have to do with mental health, but just like what I've realized over the last two years with like how we're all traversing through this pandemic, um, just being a, accountable for the mistakes you made um, and being aware of what your actions, like not the actions have consequences, but your, your actions, depending on who you are and the power that you're in affect people. Um, because I think that, yeah, in, in our industry of university sports, you know, the 27th of January is the big day where everyone says, um, you know, let's open up and let's talk. And that's great. And we said it yesterday or last year and a million people have said it a million times. It's mental health is a 365 day thing. Um, so I think it's about, you know, being genuine when you, when you come to say that. Um, a lot of people, I, I made a big rant about it, will say, like, I'm here if you ever want to talk, and then they're not. And that's a dangerous thing to do. Um, so I'll take this time right now, and I'll be genuine when I say that. Genuinely, if you have my phone number and you need someone to talk to, you can text me at any time. You can call me at any time and just say, hey, I, like, I, I need to talk, and I'll be there. 100% genuine. I don't care if it's someone I knew from grade seven. I don't know why they had my phone number because I didn't have a phone back then, but, or if like, if I don't know you, but you know, you follow me on Instagram or on Twitter and you need to talk 365 days of the year, 366. If it's a leap year, I'll be there. All right. I might I will, say, yeah. I might say, I need just, five, sorry, go ahead. No, I just, I, as someone who has known you now and known you very closely for a few years, especially, I will absolutely vouch for the fact that you are someone who is, you know, who, who is there for your friends. And obviously you're extending this to anyone who wants to reach out just to, you know, I, I, I just kind of put a bow on that. I, I know <laughs> knowing you it's that that's not a, uh, it's not lip service. So, but sorry, continue. Yeah. No, all I was going to say is I might say I need five minutes. I'm, you know, <laughs> finishing the dishes. My hands are wet, but or hey let's I'll call, I'll call you in you know 30 minutes because you know it, it's also important when we're talking about health to give yourself space right it's okay to to put up a, a you know a wall for a little bit and 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 keep yourself protected um so just like the lip service as you as you were calling it the i don't know what we were calling social media just the the, the fakeness performative, that, that's yeah. performative arts yeah that that always kind of bothered me so all i'm asking if people if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about mental health be genuine with it um, and then when it comes to being accountable for, you know, for your actions throughout the years, um, because I think that this year was really tough. You know, I think government made a lot of decisions that I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone, especially in Ontario, is 100% behind our government right now. <laughs> they, there's a lot of things that a lot of people don't like and a lot of things a lot, a lot of other people don't like. Um, and the same goes for administrations within youth sports. Um, there's a lot of decisions that were made that were maybe the right decision, but I think it's important to acknowledge the fact that those decisions have a negative impact, right? So, you know, when our kids couldn't play, week one 
for whatever reason, I'm not here to point fingers, blame anybody when they couldn't play week one, right? That has an extreme negative impact on our kids, right? And I think that everyone is, not everyone, I think that a lot of people are scared to to acknowledge that and say, this is the decision that we made. Here's the reason why we made it. And then they put a period on it, folded it, put it in the mail, instead of saying, but you know, we acknowledge the fact that this is gonna have a negative impact. And with that, especially in, in, in youth sports or, or anything where resources are there, say, here, here are your options, right? I think a lot of universities, and I wasn't able to really, I was working full-time York and a full-time another job. I wasn't really able to, to dive into to what resources we have available, so I won't speak positive or ill on it. But I think it's, it's a lot of the time it's the kids having to go find those resources when we're still breaking down stigmas on on youth you know focusing on their mental health right so not only do like people not even necessarily want to go and like even if i handed we'll pretend that therapy is this nice little thing on a plate even if i handed it to somebody it doesn't mean they're going to want to eat with it right there in their face so they're not going to want to go and search for it, right so i think it's important to be accountable for the fact that we do things throughout our day and it doesn't mean to to you know quote unquote baby people or anything like that but just like say yeah i i'm making this decision here's why i'm making this decision but i'm going to acknowledge the fact that it's gonna probably mess you up and either say here are resources that we have available or be like you know we don't have any resources and let's you know work on getting those resources because i mean so i'm going off on a tangent but i don't really care um, I mean, Doug Ford shut down Ontario for January. And do I agree with the lockdown? It doesn't matter. Um, I, but I, I do think it's important to acknowledge the fact that the kids, and it's not just the kids. If you're listening, it's not just the kids that are suffering, obviously, but the kids that can't, you know, compete, train, be on campus, right? That's negatively affecting them. And that's not acknowledged other than like, I, I am sympathetic towards you, whatever he said, I can't remember. Or, you know, university shutting down and going virtual. Do I agree with it? Does it make sense? I don't know. I'm not a medical professional, but maybe it makes sense. But let's say we're shutting down campus, but here are resources to help you get through this time. Because remember, like schools have been upping their reading weeks and their breaks for a reason. They don't want to talk about it because they're giving you days off so you can de-stress. But again, the reason that schools have reading weeks and it's talked about in other episodes, I think AJ talked about it, right. Is because kids kill themselves, right. Kids are, kids are growing up. Their brains are developing. They're going through extremely stressful times and without the resources, people don't always know how to deal with it. And that's something that I've, I'm in a good place right now, but I'm not always going to be in a good place. I definitely wasn't before. And I'm lucky to be here and be alive and be talking to you and whoever's listening, but people kill themselves. Right. And it's, I get it. People die every day, but if we can avoid that and help people then we should. Um, and I, and I think that we live in a world where people don't want to be, be at fault. Right. And I don't think it's necessarily being at fault. You can do things for certain reasons and still be accountable and still acknowledge your mistakes. And that can be on a personal level and say either, 
I'm doing this for this reason and here are the solutions to help you get through this time or let's figure out solutions to help you get through this time as opposed to shutting down school, go home, which may not be a safe place. We'll, we'll see when we open up again. Oh, shutting down sports. I'm sorry that you're an athlete that bases your whole schedule around your training and your, some people base their self-worth around that training, but tough, tough shit. Um, and just real so quick, go, I no, think, go ahead, go ahead. Please. Well, I was just going to say you hit on some, I mean, you said a lot of great stuff there, but just at the end, I mean, one, the idea that school and or sports is often not just recreational and that it brings joy in the way that other recreational activities do, but and also it can be an escape from much uh, or different circumstances that uh, can be negatively affecting the individual participating. Um, and then also as well, you know, we talked a lot last year, as we said already, about how that piece on an, an athlete, not just a football player, but an athlete of any kind, of any sport, um, the identity becomes such a big thing, especially when you leave the game. And while, you know, and this is something I try to work on in my life and having, not having my joy and and pleasures always wrapped up in external things or something that in theory could be taken away like sports like being able to work out things that do bring me joy that as we've seen over these past two and a year two and a half years or so can get or two however long it's been can be taken away and being able to have that just internal mechanism of whatever brings you but the truth of the matter as you said is that for athletes especially athletes at such high competitive levels who've trained and spent so much of their time in this identity it just is the fact of the matter that when you take that away man it can be harmful um so i just um on that note because as we said we, we've talked about these things a lot we've had people come on to talk a lot about it so i'll give you the floor how are we we're now kind of gonna try and do a little more walking this year than just talking and yeah i think and I, i've said this <clears throat> You know, off the record before we record the other episodes. Um, just a heads up, I'm not really on the other episodes. I'm just I'm a fly on the wall when it comes to these conversations. Um, yeah, last year I feel like was very reactionary for me. I've had some strong feelings about the Blue Hat campaign um, for a while. Um, not necessarily positive feelings. But then I was kind of sitting there and being like, okay, well, I'm just another person yelling into a void right and and not not to take credit for for things at all when i say that i'm up doing whatever but um so yeah so we partnered with with stella's place you know really basically at first um with some of our merch um you know hats shirts masks i had really hoped that i would have a, a bag full of masks with no use for it but it looks like we'll be wearing masks for for a while um and then obviously zach you and i ran the the 5k and we um were lucky enough to um raise i think it was 45 4600 something like that yeah in that ballpark um, which was great um and that all went directly to stella's place um and they're now building up a, a secondary location which is great um and we won't we don't have to die i won't dive into the details of stella's place because we are lucky enough to have uh one of their members come on for the next episode um we'll get into that in a second but yeah i think it was just it, despite the fact that this is called the talk we also need to do something um as much as as talking can help people if they're listening you know 
to realize that they can reach out and they're not alone in situations um, that, you know, we'll, we'll do a little campaign. So obviously we're doing a little bit of a, a campaign with Stella's place. Um, we'll have a website set up on their website where you can go and you can donate. Um, we are going to have, again, our merch, we're going to make sure all the inventory is set up and everything on our website. That's been on me for a while now. Um, and our goal is to raise $5,500. I just thought that was a nice number for, for Zach's sake. At the 5,500. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, to add to that, I, we do live in a, in a performative world um, where I don't necessarily, no matter how good and genuine um, people feel towards things, it's always nice to have a little incentive to it. So I suggested this to Zach and immediately I regretted it. Um, this series is going to run um, from now, which is January 19th until the end of February. We're going to have a lot of great guests on. And then at the end of February, our campaign will end. And then the first weekend, the first weekend of March, Zach and I will be taking a nice polar bear dip into the lovely and super clean uh, Lake Ontario. Um, and we'll post a, that. A, you, vegan, even vegans need steaks on the table sometimes, brother. So, you know, it's always nice to have that little carrot at the end for people who are wanting to to contribute. But uh, I will say at the very least, Dakota was kind enough to talk because we are living in different cities right now was was kind and wise enough to talk me out of saying, well, we can just do it separately and I'll jump into the Thames River here in London. Um, but <laughs> and, and I mean, you don't even have to know which London he's talking about to know that the Thames is the most disgusting. We used to use a joke that uh, on St. Patty's Day, they didn't have to dye the river green because it was already so green. Um if you don't step on on a needle or cut your foot on glass, you're definitely going to catch something. So please, this is just a PSA to not jump in the Thames River in London, Ontario, or in London, England. Uh, excellent advice for for those on both sides of the Atlantic. There, so um, yeah. So once again, we, we're we're doing the talk. The episodes, as Dakota mentioned, will be running pretty well through the month of February. We will have our campaign open and be, you know, I'm sure bombarding people, you know, with ways to be able to to contribute all in the effort to hit that 5,500 mark, at which point Dakota and I will do our polar bear dip. So that's that's really the plan for the next next little while for us. Um, you know, as always, like, feel free to hit us up if you have any questions or, um, you know, any content if ideas. You wanna, or, if you want to jump in the river with the, the lake with us, um, I wouldn't recommend it, but you're more than welcome to. I can send you those details. Absolutely, we will tell you. We will tell you where we will be meeting on the the, the banks of of Lake Ontario uh, in early March. But that's that's really the plan for season two of the talk. And um, yeah, having you know already got a couple of the interviews in the bank. Uh, some really great stories coming for you. So I, I hope you enjoy them. Um, hopefully there's something we can all learn from these stories. And um, yeah, this year hoping to have a, a bigger impact in uh, in playing, whether it's even if it's a small role in this, you know, journey helping ourselves and others guide their way through mental health, uh, which can be stormy waters um, to say the least. Um, so yeah, and Dakota, anything else? think we need to touch on before we wrap this one up uh i mean it's tough because obviously this is a subject that's near and dear to me and there's, there's a lot of feelings i have on it and a lot of things i want to say but 
I also know that attention spans are short and I don't want to make this episode 13 hours long. Um, so I'll just reiterate again. Um, if anyone needs to, to talk, to chat, uh, even just about, you know, who's going to win the Super Bowl, um, which I, at, at time of recording, I believe that the Titans are going to upset the Green Bay Packers in the Super Bowl. Um, I love it. <laughs> no, Bringing uh, the heat on a cold January morning. Yeah, you can. Yeah, always feel free to message. Um, I'm always always available. Um, but no, yeah, I, I think I think that this is a good step. Maybe you know, season three will be hopefully less pandemic-y, but you know, still still having great conversations. Yeah, I'm just really excited for the people that we've already recorded. Um, the people we've yet to record, very excited for those episodes as well. And uh, we'll be releasing a schedule on Instagram and on Twitter as well as updating our website, of course. And if you do, obviously, you know, you want to contribute to the campaign, but maybe you want a little merch, you can still go to our website, buy the merch, the money that is going to be, sorry, the items that are bought there, the money's all going to go to Stella's place. If it's bought within the campaign time, I'll donate it directly to the campaign. Uh, so, I mean, the money's all going to go to one place. Um, and two, two more things, the, we, I, I've spoken with Stella's Place and we're able to, you know, obviously donate to them as a whole. But, uh, Zach, I don't know if I've fully spoken to you this about it, but I'm just going to make the executive decision now that um, our money is going to go to um, the virtual free drop-in counseling sessions because um, that's sort of their the, the first step um, before they're able to, you know, see who you'd maybe need to speak to or, or what resources you'd maybe need. Um, it's completely free. Uh, at the time of recording, they just do it on Thursdays. I believe they're now going to be soon opening it to Tuesdays, but I'll let our next guest speak about that. Um, and I'll also uh, be donating personally myself uh, $25 for every guest that we have on. Um, so I believe that's $250, if I'm not mistaken. I, I can never remember how many guests we have coming on. I believe um, that is the math, yeah. Unless you include yourself. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll probably end up donating more. <laughs> 250, 275. I don't know, man. <laughs> I would, I would rather donate 275 gives me weird vibes. I'd probably rather donate 300 at that point, but, uh, <laughs> and, and, and depending on how the campaign goes, I'll probably do another match donation. Um, just cause I really want to be able to, to hit our goal. We didn't hit it last time. And it's as nice as it was to raise the money we did. I have that weird stickling for, uh, hidden goals when we when we set them out right but that's just the old athlete in me uh but no yeah i'm i'm very happy with with what we're gonna do this season and and hopefully we again cliche help at least one person (laughs) even if that person's just me (laughs) well that's a great starting point for for anyone in, in life to try and just help the one and then work from there so i'm i'm very excited for this um and uh yeah once again i hope you enjoy all the interviews always feel free to hit us up um and so dakota to you and to everyone listening be kind to yourself be kind to yourselves and we will see you next time at the 55 be kind to yourself too zach